0: Oh, didn't see you there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, <laughs> you're
0: supposed to. You're supposed to like drop some files and be like, "Oh, sorry, my bad," or whatever, whatever they do in those Hallmark movies around Christmas time. Oh, sorry.
1: I was too busy walking my fish.
0: No, it's okay. I need to go back to my bakery uh welcome back to tea and thoughts i'm ODM, i'm one half of this podcast and i'm fully hyperactive at the moment who are you
1: um my name is hazel i am one half of this podcast and i am fully grateful that i had a really good breakfast today i don't know small things you know what
0: Oh, that's all I wanted to say. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So, going into our first segment, the Cup Date, uh, Hazel, I'm just going to start with you. Like you, you had a fantastic breakfast, as you said. Yes.
1: What else has been new? What you been doing? Girl, I've just been trying to tackle change right now. And I know that that's going to be something that we'll wink, wink, talk about at a later time today, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that I have to prepare for, stuff that I got to be mentally prepared for, all that stuff. So I'm just like trying to gather my bearings right now before the tides completely start shifting. But what about you? I've
0: been trying to, not to be dramatic, but I've really just been trying to access this reservoir of power and self-determination that I know that I have, Uh, not just for like schoolwork, because that's what I do. And I don't want to keep talking about it since y'all know I'm in school and I know I'm in school most of the time. Uh, Just in general, I had a it's not a spiritual awakening, but I did have a, a deep, re- deep realization a few weeks ago about myself, my life, and the choices that I've made or not made, and I'm trying to rewire some of that so I can live the life that I want and express myself in the ways that feel satisfying to me. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's how I've been living. No laws have been
1: broken. What's the Sip is our main segment that we get into where we talk about the heart of the episode. And so today we are talking about a cup of firsts. So life offers a bunch of firsts for us. So let's unpack some of that. So let's talk about how, for my question for you, Right? When did you know you were out of pocket? (laughs) When was the first time you knew that you were out of pocket?
0: I think the better question is examining why I went so long in my life without pockets as a victim of gendered clothing in the gender binary, lots of skirts, lots of dresses, and even some pants, pocketless. So why would you expect me to be in pocket in the pocket in a pocket when I don't have any
1: why would you set me up like that you know fair enough I (laughs) no I will say this too my first time wearing on the binary like quote-unquote female clothing um I would always hear my friends complain about that and i never really got it until it was my time to get it and i was like oh this is not this is not giving chic this isn't fun you know i love not having pockets
0: a lot of the time and really there's something a purse can do that a pocket just can't fair enough there's something a nice clutch can do that a pocket can't and the thing is like when it comes to quote-unquote women's clothing even if you do have a pocket the only thing you can keep in there are some whispers and a chapstick like there's nothing really satisfying about having a pocket that small a toddler's pocket and oftentimes a standard jean pocket for women same depth same. Day. At least they can carry some M and M's in their pocket if they really wanted to. Like I, what am I going to do with this? I can't even put a parking ticket in that pocket. So, yeah, I was okay without it. But to answer your question more seriously, I think that I don't know. I was probably like eight or nine, and I was like, this whole structure of things just doesn't work for me, and. I think I watched the movie Spirit about a horse. I also don't like that movie because it's unnaturally emotional. But there was this like beige looking horse named Spirit and went out into like, I think they were owned by someone that went out to the wild and they started like galloping. I don't remember a single line from the movie. I just remember being deeply uncomfortable. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I too am Spirit. And I never stayed in the pocket again.
1: Just unruly from there. I love that for you, honestly. Now we get the origin story of why you're the way you are.
0: Yeah, and since we're doing interrogations, my <laughs> first question to you was: When was the first time you realized you were just like other girls?
1: The first time I realized I was like just just like any other girl was truly when I listened to Taylor Swift for the first time. <laughs> And stayed listening to Taylor Swift for every time after that. So unfortunately, I come out to you all now as a uh, Swifty. And am I proud? Maybe. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes,
0: you are. I'm not going to say whether or not I'm affiliated with said stand group, but
1: you are. Wow. Well, anyway, how about let's look at some other things that we can consider where we've got our, our first. I, the next thing I think about right now is school. So like, what is your first memory of school? And, and, and that goes for each uh, phase of school. So elementary, middle and high. Were the, did any of them feel different? Did they all feel the same?
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. I think my first time in preschool, I was like, this is definitely not my house. Like, that's, I think that's the only real memory ish or feeling that I think was appropriate for my brain at the time where I'm just like, the living room's not over there. And the furniture is a little into the ground. What's going on? i've always been deeply suspicious of a lot of things i think elementary school is when i started taking the bus and my bus stop was conveniently like the way that the apartment complex was structured it was my backyard and then a gate and then the street like a gate you can see through then the street and then the like the middle this patch before the driveway to the second entrance of my apartment building is where my bus stopped. So my mom could stand from inside the house and like see me at the bus stop. So I was independently traveling to school and I said, whoa, this is different. And I would hop on my bus. I had to remember it. I think it was like E3 or something like that. But I had to remember it. Go, drop me right up in front of the door again and then walk into the house. And I was like, just that whole experience of because I was more familiar with school at that point I was in kindergarten first grade whatever but the experience of like going there on my own was definitely a dramatic first but what about you for those two segments and then we can move on to like middle and high school
1: my first time going to school because like my memory is quite foggy with the first couple because I had to move I think twice maybe even three times within the same year so in kindergarten i had a class that i went to and i was like my I, I didn't focus too much on why i was there i think I, I was just sitting there in the awareness that where i was where i was at and just being like oh okay i guess we do things here and now, and like and I would like try to read books, but I was never reading books the way that I was supposed to, which kind of concerned everyone back in the day. They were like, "Can this kid read?" But now I can. Wow. He, it, huh? I said, "Well, I would. I, I would say so. <laughs> no. I'm no. I'm no Leah Michelle, but I'll, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, you're no Leah Michelle, but you're a what?" compared to if if this is a spectrum of illiteracy to literacy if you know leah michelle who would you consider to be like the most literate person
1: on the spectrum i i wish i could say maybe rupee car because you said rupaul i said rupee car oh well
0: We could end the show here. I'm sorry. I'm done.
1: <laughs> no, but I, yeah. So that's the memories that I have. Like I would change school. Yeah, I did actually change like three different schools. And I was just like, when am I going to have consistency? But also like, I don't know. I just went with the, with the flow, I guess. I didn't really have any other memories beyond just like, Oh, I can't read. We need to fix that. <laughs> so I guess I would say middle school. I will I've I will never forget my first day of middle school because it the newness of meeting multiple kids at the same time, the novelty of it was just so crazy because it's like, oh, like these are gonna be the people that we like. I was very hyper aware that this was those moments that people talk about when they look back on their lives like I was just kind of especially when I got to high school when I got to high school I felt that same feeling again where it was like wow these cast of characters in our lifetime are going to be with us in one way or another and it was I don't know it it's wild but what about you Uh,
0: When it comes to like middle and high school. So I was the first graduating class of my school, which was a middle and high school. But as the first graduating class, the other grades didn't exist yet. So the school was just sixth graders. And that was interesting because one, the school's in another town because we were in these things called swing spaces, which is where you put students in a school before their actual school building is built. And the swing space Was, I think it was a Catholic school because it was in a church. And I didn't grow up Christian. So I was like, am I allowed in here? But yeah, so that whole journey was an interesting experience because it was like a collective first experience. It was the first time that school had students, the first time I was in middle schools, my first day of schools, all those, it was the first time I was going to a school that was physically in a town different than when I lived. So it was like a lot of firsts all wrapped up in one. And it was a difficult thing to think about because like, not to think about, but like with my sixth grade imagination, it's kind of hard to see what it is because all you really have is like TV and the experiences of friends that go to other schools. And most of the time your friends are the people who go to your school. So I remember a lot of the time we would kind of be like chasing these experiences that we think other kids were having at other schools because we were the first graduating class and there was no one to like model anything for us. Everything was brand new. Everything was the first. And we were trying to like conjure up some idea of what it meant to be a sixth grader or a seventh grader or whatever, because we didn't have eighth graders bullying us into subordination. We didn't have any of that stuff. And all we had was like Nickelodeon, Disney Channel and Cartoon Network to tell us like, oh, at this age, people do this, this and this. And this is when you have your school dances and all this other stuff, at least from my vantage point, because a lot of those social activities didn't really like sit top of mind maybe or even bottom of mind <laughs> to me personally, but always in like incessantly hearing that we're the first to do any and everything all the time that first year especially was supposed to make you feel really special but then I was like no one knows what we're doing and yeah that year sixth grade year was also the first time that I wrote a play and put it on in the school yeah I was my school's little drama department because I was always fascinated in theater with theater and I wanted to do it in middle and high school but wouldn't have anything so, I wrote up a play. I did auditions over the phone. And that's how I met one of my best friends. Is that she auditioned? Then I called her back the next day. I was like, you know what? I think you're fun. Let's talk. That's literally what happened. And we've been talking ever since. So, yeah, being able to like have all those firsts and those firsts be firsts, like big firsts to everybody else was pretty cool, but also like, Kind of daunting and a little bit annoying. And with high school, same thing. We were the first ninth graders they've ever had, so it's like high school. What do we do now? People are getting taller, feistier, all kinds of other things, and then trying to carve out a high school experience. Since you know, the media is like, high school is the best four years of your life, and I was like, that's kind of sad. I would like any period of time that is the last four years of my life to be the best four years of my life and not this random time period where I can't drive I don't have any independence or anything else and yes I remember the first day of high school it's like well it's time to gear up for college that's pretty much it
1: that's real that's real but that's so many firsts that you've experienced in your life too like that must have felt like a journey going through all those firsts as uh, like as openly and obviously as they would say it Mm -hmm. like i feel like at some point you're just like yeah we did we're the first to breathe in this school man we got it well
0: also just like i don't think being the first means a lot like being the first is literally just a fact unless you're first place it is what it is like being first born literally just means you were born first i don't think it I don't think it carries any medals or trophies or things like that. So for me, it was just being, they were being a little dramatic and I'm like, factually something has to be first and it just happens to be us. And that's okay. <laughs> like it, it doesn't have to be a, a grand deal. And that's how I feel about a lot of things though, generally. So
1: I was just going to say, I kind of resonate with that too. Cause like being um, coming from just having all of these firsts in your school i feel like the first is great but the people that come after should be what matters most like and i think about that a lot like if you may for example like when i think about my husband godfrey gal who passed away a couple of years ago he he was a model and he was the first asian american model to make it into like mainstream modeling media and all that good jazz and like that's great to be the first but to have more people that are like you in that field would just be even greater like more people after that I mean it's great to be the first but I think having more students after that or not students but because I keep thinking about your thing but more models that are coming out And are doing the same thing like i'd rather see that too kind of or have that mentality too of like while we give things and support the first we also have to keep it in mind that we want to make room for a second third fourth or so on and so forth
0: so along with first what's the first competition you've ever won
1: i mean if you can count the spelling bee with your classmates and you, the same class that you're in, in like fourth grade, a competition, then I would say that was my first time. But my first real time in an actual competition with my entire student body was when I did Mr. Hamden in my school. And pretty much it was a satirical pageant that was done for, you know, anyone that wanted to come in as either presenting as a guy in drag or Literally being one already, just doing something. And like, like, they did that my freshman year. And I was like, oh, I'd love to do that. And then they didn't do it my sophomore year. So I figured they were never going to do it again. Junior year came, I saw it and I said, no, I'm doing this. And I didn't have much to show for it. But in doing that, I was able to begin my drag journey and get the ball rolling with that. So Um, I've always been grateful for that little competition because it kind of proved to my mom that I wasn't, that I wasn't going to get bullied by (laughs) people by just doing drag. Like, I, I think my mom's biggest fear at the time was me getting bullied if I wanted to do it. And I was like, no, I really want to do it. And here we are. So I did it and it led me to all the little things that build up to what I have now. So I'm grateful for that.
0: Oh, that's almost inspiring just a tad yeah we should when we when you have your biopic we're definitely going to make sure that that's in there yes sometimes i think about my biopic and i'm just like hmm well if i ever have one i kind of want to play me between the ages of 19 and like 30 and then someone i else feel like, like you could play it I feel yeah like and i think that, that someone else should play me at the age that i actually am that would be like just fun to do, but then it'd have to be like a lifetime movie.
1: It had to be a lifetime movie. So no, it would have sure to be that? a
0: lifetime movie. I don't want that going to theaters. I, I just want to do it for the fun, for the camp of it all. Not the camp of it all. <laughs> not for it to actually be seen by people.
1: <laughs> you said just for camp.
0: Just for yeah I'm also for- not a great actress, but I have a theory about that. Anyway, in terms of competitions that I've won funny you mentioned spelling bees because I actually lost my first spelling bee to my best friend at the time in the first grade and I think it's because my word was harder than hers no I know it's because my word was harder than hers (laughs) so I felt set up like that was the part that it was it felt like an injustice to me and I was just like we never used that word before and she gets the word like butter or something I was sick (laughs) if six-year-old me knew how to start a riot I would have (laughs) but in that same year though we had like we had a what is it a cafetorium in my elementary school so it's uh, the cafeteria plus an auditorium with a massive stage and one day I don't know why they made us do like a mini talent show during lunch or something and the winner would get a prize and the prize was like a dollar or two because the by the end of the place where you pay for your lunch if you weren't getting free lunch. There are like fruit roll-ups and things and stuff that you can buy, like snacks that you can buy. So, I I think I sang like maybe twinkle twinkle little star or something very basic and I they did the winner by like applause. So, I won that and got my little dollar and bought some candy the next day or something like that. So, that was the first competition quote-unquote, that I won and remember winning. I don't know, who knows? Like maybe my parents took me in baby races when I was a toddler, and I don't remember, and I was winning those, too. Could have been quick. But That's I don't true. Know.
1: <laughs> don't In terms of when that. I was
0: older, uh, yeah. the first time I won a competition that actually mattered to me, well, there's two. I did debate and Model United Nations in middle and high school, and I Model United Nations is literally what it sounds like is when you pretend to be a part of the united nations which has its own problematic tendencies but it's uh, a different kind of debate style and then i also debated in the state circuit when i was living in connecticut and i remember there was this one time where i really wanted to win in general and my coach always paired me with the person who was new to the debate team because the debate team, like I said, my school's full of first. So first debate team, we would be in pairs to debate. And every time someone new came to join the team, we would have people like come in and leave and then come in and leave for like the first like six months. And every new person was paired with me so I can compete and train them at the same time which would always put me at a disadvantage because of course it's the team scores. So if your team does well, then that's how you increase your ranking. And they rank the four speakers from one to four. So I would be first speaker ranked pretty consistently or second speaker rank. But if my partner was fourth then it'll kind of tank us if the other team had second and third speaker and they would do a little bit better than the person who's fourth speaker. So after like three months of being paired with people who weren't, who were just new, like it doesn't, they weren't bad. They were just new and they didn't know the pace of things. One time I finally like won second place as an individual speaker because we did so well that day. And that was cool. And another time I actually did well enough to compete the final round on stage with my partner and I think we got second place then too or first, I don't remember. But yeah, that was the first one that meant a lot to me.
1: Well, that's a lot of good prayers that you've had. You you stay winning is what the story says.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to say it that way, but I just feel like if people can analyze the data and get to that conclusion, I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's just pivot a little bit from talking about school because that's a scary place for me right now. How about <laughs> let's talk about other people? When was the first time you were like, I, this is my favorite show or this is my favorite artist, or like, when was the first time you made claim? To
1: a piece of media um i remember claiming and this is funny um i remember being a really young kid and like one of the earliest music i listened to was country music because my mom was really into country music and faith hill she, I don't know how she was doing it, but she was doing it. She was taking it back in the day. She was taking it. But that song, Breathe, she was taking it. <laughs> and, um, but see, I also grew up, um, listening to TLC. So there was that. So it, it, it was just a funny, there. Hello? Yeah, I used to also listen to TLC a lot. So TLC and Faith Hill were the earliest, the earliest examples of artists that I was like, them, that, period. But what about you?
0: I don't remember which one came first. But the attachment that I had to the Studio Ghibli film *Spirited Away* was oh my god, unconscionable. I I didn't go as far as to make the movie my personality, but I was like, no, this is this is high art. This is this is cinematic. This is a cinematic masterpiece. This is everything you want to experience. And more. I don't know what life I was living before this moment. But I am forever changed. And I yeah, love that. Actually, film.
1: Maybe... Oh, say say that one more time. I interrupted no. you.
0: And I was like, I love that film for a long time. I think it was my favorite movie for like 10 years. And then the movie Anastasia, which is uh, an inaccurate history of what happened. But I love that movie too. The soundtrack. The storyline. The ridiculousness. The I can't put it all. (laughs) It was just the antics. And I'm just like, you're telling me that you are a scammer who's trying to find some random unsuspecting woman, bring it to Paris, lie to this lady who lost her grandchild and be like, this is your girl. Give us the money. Like an elaborate scheme only for you to be correct. So it was a lot of things going on, but anyway, yeah, I just, I love that movie so much, but those two, those two is where I like, I can remember so clearly how strongly I felt and still feel about them.
1: Yeah. It's it's crazy too, because it's like, oh, also another celebrity that was my first, I had a first crush on Aaron Carter. And that man, I had such a cu- huge crush on him. But now he all I want is for his mental and physical health to be where it should be, because last I checked about Aaron, he has not doing well as of late. But despite that, he, he was my first crush that I had and I was all of three or four when I made that realization. So, yeah
0: not to be disrespectful i had to google aaron carter quickly and it's not because i don't think that he existed <laughs> no hear me out you know when we would watch like that's a so raven and they had that yeah. boy group but the boy group only existed in the that's a so raven universe yes that's what i felt about aaron carter like i thought he only existed in like lizzie mcguire's universe or something for a second and i was like you had a crush and on he was an actually not lizzie mcguire But that's what I'm thinking. Like, I only remember him in that context. So it's just like, you had a crush on the fake pop star in Lizzie McGuire. So it got really meta for me for a second. And then I was like, "Mm, let me look this up. And then I saw I want candy written. And I was like, okay, this person is one, real. And two, there are some things that I saw that were concerning. So um, what do people say? Not my condolences. Get well soon. Get well soon. Shut oh up. no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not built for these kinds of social interactions.
1: But yeah, that was my that was my first crush. Um,
0: oh, who's that? Fat Albert too. See, I only put him within other movies and TV shows. Yeah. So I didn't think he had a real career. Not okay. Well, that was rude. He does have a real career, <laughs> and his career is real. in this sense of reality yeah yes i'm gonna stop now i'm sorry aaron
1: (laughs) what was the first time you got upset i was probably born upset can you recall that
0: upset i mean i'm sure growing teeth was not a joy (laughs) when i was six months old like i (laughs) i'm thinking something emerging from my gums for the first time was not a good experience so It could be that being, well, I hear this story often from my parents that I had an attachment to a specific pacifier that they only found when they were in New York city. And then one day the pacifier that I had was like, I don't know if it was lost or if it was old or if it was wrong. I don't know what it was, but I wouldn't stop crying until I got that exact pacifier. So they had to take a trip to New York city. So they had to drive an hour plus to a shop to get that specific make and model of the pacifier so that I would stop crying. And I was probably like less than a month old.
1: You were out there telling your parents what to do on your I make first demands moment. and I
0: make commands, okay? I'm telling you. So, <laughs> so I I guess it's the first time I was like very clearly upset about something and wanted something very specific. And I think that story is hilarious only because like, why would you only have me have that one pass like why didn't you diversify the pacifiers? i i don't know i'm not trying to blame them for certain choices but i just feel like there's some power to the fact that you were able to drive 70 miles to find a pacifier for me on a on a random saturday
1: they really did that for you
0: i'm thinking like what if i didn't actually want the pacifier i just want to know they would go through the effort like that that would be on brand <laughs> for Someone like me.
1: <laughs> Imagine having those kind of intentions at one month you, old. It's impossible
0: God. to have them at that age. There's so many developmental milestones you have to get to before you can manipulate people. And that is manipulation, by the way. But I, I don't think, I obviously don't think that's the case. But I think that it would be hilarious if I was like four weeks old. Like, let me test their faith. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So... Yeah, that's the first time (laughs) I was told that I was very upset about something beyond just being like hungry and uncomfortable in a soil diaper. What about you? When was the first time you were, you had some strong feelings of hurt?
1: Uh, I think the first time I experienced anything like that was um, with Barbie dolls, I guess. like I got really passionate about Barbie dolls when I was like, three or four years old to the point where i was like you can't avoid the fact that this kid is queer you can't like this you can't you can't run you can't hide this <laughs> this is a lifelong thing you got to deal with because i even I, I don't even remember this but i guess i made a deal with my um my aunt i literally said hey i will i will go to the i will go to the united states on one condition." That you get me uh, a Barbie doll. Once you get me a Barbie doll, then I'll shut up and I'll go with you. My aunt was so, she was something else. Because not only did she buy me a regular sized doll, she bought me also a life-size doll, a Barbie. And I said, okay, this will do. I literally came for the United States, but like, I literally was, I, rem, I, what I do remember is fighting for my life to not come to the United States. I was like, no, i want to stay here. And like, I would like get upset about it. Da, 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 da. But like, I had to go and here I am now <laughs> I'm, I'm here in America. So, I mean, I wouldn't be here without my mom's uh, ability to help petition me through my stepfather and also through the power of Barbies. So your
0: American identity is tethered to the Barbara Barbie, what's her last name, Powers? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't know that Barbara, I mean, Barbie was short for Barbara. But when I found that out, I was almost uncomfortable just like outrageous but that's such a cute little story ah the power of capitalism <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> truly truly I, I was like wow i got caught i love that
0: i have a question since we're gonna moving closer to the dark side when is the first time your fave disappointed you
1: Nicki Minaj, when she ever said the f word in one of her records, it disappointed me. But yet, I still listen to her albums. So you were like a slur, mm, strike one. Like <laughs> that's that's what you did. Yeah, yes. Because I was like, <gasps> why would she ever? Why would she use that on one of her records? And then she stopped using it after that. So I said, thank you, God. But, you know, that was the first time I was upset with. Ooh, also. When I because I did like Lea Michelle at one point when we were watching Glee and stuff. But like when I came to learn the kind of person that she was, that a lot of her co-stars have come up and shared Their stories on and et cetera. That was another first time where I was like, yikes, this is yikes. What about you though?
0: Okay, not to be, but there was something genuinely jarring about learning that my teachers had first names. I Uh, was (laughs) hurt and outraged that their first names weren't Mrs. Mr. Mister. I I didn't know what to do. I was I wasn't inconsolable. But I was just like, why would you lie like that? Like is your is just your name? <laughs> I was genuinely beside myself when I found out that they had like I don't know why I didn't react that way when I found out my parents' names. I think it's because I watched them fill out forms for me and I like could put two and two together and and titles and stuff cuz I grew up with a nickname. But I was like no way your name is Dorothy Smith so there's that in terms of a celebrity I tend not to like I'm very well aware that I don't know these people so I don't let their actions affect me dramatically but when I learned that Tyra Banks was the problem yeah, that was a that was tough for me because I watched America's Next Top Model with my cousins when I was growing up. And I don't I don't like modeling in general. It sounds scary being judged for the way that you look or being assessed on the way that you look. But I would watch the show because I still find something extremely thrilling about watching people go after their dreams in these very daring ways, which is why I like Drag Race, too. So when I'm watching the show, I was like, yes. Cut her hair because she'll be more beautiful for it. Like, I was just like, Tyra knows the sauce and the recipe. So trust her. They should not have trusted her. <laughs> is all I have to say. So that was uh, tough because I also watched a talk show, too. And I was like, hmm, something's not right about what's going on here at all. This is suspicious. So I think that's the first time where I was like, <gasps> She's probably the reason why I don't have any expectations for celebrities at all anymore if we're being completely honest.
1: But yeah, that's fair. That's completely fair. That's valid and cute. Yeah. You're totally you're totally right for that to be honest.
0: Yes. So with that being said, I promise I'm still a good friend to people. You know, we're all just works in progress. We're going to move on to I almost said one of my favorite segments again. I am not going to lie to y'all. I'm still suspicious about this. So now we're moving on to our final segment, Be Our Guest, where we ask you all to submit questions to us. And today we have two questions and we're going to answer them honestly. Is that not right, Hazel? Cool. So the first it question is, is
1: right
0: it's fall. Yay my wardrobe was meant for this aka layers pumpkin spice yay or nay nay you
1: nay sorry i just i i can't i mean like i like it but like not enough to buy it like not okay i like it but not enough in the way where i'm like ooh, it's finally fall let's run over to the nearest Starbucks and get ourselves a pumpkin spice latte. Like that is not where my mind goes at all. I mean, like if someone gives me a pumpkin spice latte, sure, I'll enjoy it. Um, But if I have to have it, I wouldn't want to have it. It's not something that's in the caliber of things that I would particularly enjoy. Um, But to other people who do, by all means, Go ahead and love your pumpkin spice latte. I'm so not you, saying that it. I was gonna say, so you would consume it if it's free. Yeah, if if someone's giving it to me and they're like, "Here," then I'll take it. Okay. But it's not anything where I'm like, I'm not living, loving, loving to the point where like I have to rush to the nearest Starbucks to get my fix. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: However, if the question was contingent on you continuing to listen to the podcast, we love pumpkin spice. In fact, (laughs) I would name one of my plants pumpkin spice. That's to show my devotion. Oh, my God. But if you are reasonable about people having different tastes than you, then absolutely not. So the next question (laughs) that we have is about change. Yeah. I think that was the actual question's like changes question mark. <laughs> so
1: or how do we feel do you, about change? Like how do you yeah, how do you take all the change? Um I take on the change very weird. Like I You know what it is? I usually when I When I I know that I'm doing or I'm in the middle of a life transition, I usually dissociate (laughs) to make the transition last a little bit easier. But now I'm learning how not to do that. And I think this is the first time for me where I'm realizing that I am just as much of the solution as I am the problem kind of thing. So like I'm trying to figure out how to make my life more to make my life better for myself because like there's things and dreams and goals and aspirations that I want to do and have and like all that good jazz, but I'm like, how can I work with the person I am now to get there? And it do be, it do be suspicious. It do be suspicious. How, um, The tides continue to change, and how I still have no idea how to take a handle on any of those waves, (laughs) but I'm learning how to do that. So that's all that matters to me. But um, so I guess to answer the question, I don't take to it very well. (laughs) I like to think I do, but I, I'm trying to learn how to be better with transitions because I've, I really do genuinely believe in that things fall apart, so better things come together. And I try to stop illuminating on what could have been if I stayed in a certain place or, you know, if I hadn't done a certain thing, yada, yada, yada. Like I've dealt with the cards that I've been dealt with. Like I've kind of come to terms with the things that I've needed to. And now my reality, I know I'm talking as so esoteric to everyone. That's our viewer or that are our listeners. But I honestly in due time, I feel like I'll, talk about it when I feel ready to but until that day comes it just feels like I for me it's a lot even though it's not a very big jump it is a big jump for me because of stuff that's happened up in the past so I'm trying to learn how to heal and grow at the same time but uh, what about you Odia
0: I love changes I think that One change is also inevitable. So it's just one of those things that I feel that it doesn't not it doesn't matter how I feel, but I don't necessarily have any strong feelings towards things that I know are going to happen anyway. Like things are going to change. You're gonna age, you're gonna do different things, you're gonna move different places. And I think that it's healthier for me to just embrace them. And I also like like routines <laughs> and like structure and order. So it's just fun to see how those things interact with each other. So I've always really enjoyed changes. And it also helps me put things that I don't like into perspective that I can look at the parts of it that I can change or change my perspective or focus on the things that I know Are malleable in the situation so that I can get through it and really rely on my resilience and just enthusiasm for newness. When, especially when you live in a world and a society that we're living in now, where there are just so many things that need to be different for more people to live better and more fulfilling lives, then your relationship with change sometimes a lot of times can become more optimistic because it requires a belief that things can be different and things will be different. And I think we need to welcome change if we want things to be better, because I think the assumption is that things can get worse with change and that's also possible, but so many other things can be better that require change. So yeah, I love it. And thank you so much for the questions. We really appreciate you. Um, let me speak for myself. See, see what happens when you're bossy. I really because
1: I appreciate it too. I do. I, know, so
0: I, I want you to be able to say and express yourself freely. I just talked about how this is a problem that I have. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and yeah, so to speak for myself and now with Hazel's endorsement, I think that. We really do appreciate you interacting with the podcast and we're having a great time learning about ourselves more and each other better considering that we are friends and being able to speak to each other in this context and in this form can be transformative on this micro scale. But yes, we do. We really do appreciate you submitting questions and streaming. I don't know how to end this. I told y'all last time. that Sometimes I just walk away from conversations when I'm done. So, (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I was going to do it for you. Oh, thank you. See, that's why we need people. Community. Community. It matters. Are you? So thank you. Huh? I was like, are you threatening me? I just saw your
0: hand in the air moving in a certain motion.
1: Yeah, ma'am. Violence. I was like... You know what? Anyway, <laughs> let's get. <laughs> Let us carry on. So, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. It's been amazing. It's been great. It's been fun. It's been tremendous. But, um, it is about that time we say goodbye. But before we do, you know where to find us, and if you don't already, and that's a that's a concern. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you can find I'm us. Concerned. on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Odia's concern. So there you go. There, there's that endorsement. Well, I'm
0: also impressed but- because if you don't know where to find us, but you're
1: listening, like, it's serendipitous. We deserve each other. No, truly. But um, I was gonna say, um, you can find us at T Thoughts Pod. That's T E A T H O U G H T S P O D. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram. And you can stream us everywhere you listen to podcasts. Did you just spell
0: the podcast name to shame me into that dark time in the first grade when I lost my spelling bee that I just shared? Is that, was that your first goal? First of all,
1: <laughs> I love how you just used a myriad of different stuff from these last couple of episodes <laughs> and brought them all in this one thing.
0: You know what? Is that what you wanted to do? You wanted to shame me?
1: well it worked yeah so then yeah so then that way you could be able to spit all, all that you said so then we were self-advertising the previous episodes prior to this one so no I'm kidding <laughs> but anyway <laughs> anyway y'all have a great rest of your evening day morning whatever dust on whatever time you're listening to this we, we thank you so That's it. That's all. Have a great rest of your whatever day. And if you don't have a good day, I hope your enemies have a worse one. Bye.